You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Neil Young, After the Gold Rush. In the room, I have Rob, Hello. Ben, Hello. and Charlie. After the Gold Rush is the third studio album by Canadian musician Neil Young, released in September 19th, 1970 on Reprise Records. The genre is folk rock, country rock, and the producer is Neil Young, David Briggs, and Kendall Pascio. In the 15 months between the release of Everybody Knows... Neil Young issued a series of recordings in different styles that fluctuated between the country-leaning Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young side and the harder rock of his previous outing. But after recording a few songs with Crazy Horse before dismissing them, Young's mind was made up to pursue the country ballads of lovelorn heartbreak. Thus, Young's seminal album, After the Gold Rush, was created to great acclaim due to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's popularity with Deja Vu and partially from the help of the talented Niels Lofgren, a 17-year-old unknown multi-instrumentalist playing guitar and piano who along would elevate Young's songs to new heights. This would be the record that solidified Young as the leader of the 70s country rock scene. All right, what do we think of After the Gold Rush? I'm a Neil Young fan. Yeah, I am a Neil Young fan as well. So this is just it's hard to put in perspective because I just listened to this album a lot. Listening to this album this week was the first time that I just listened to it start to finish in a long time. I have it. I just like I used to listen to it a lot more and I haven't listened to it just like cover to cover in a while. And I was listening to it the other night and uh, Till the Morning Comes came on at the end of side one. And I remember the very first time I had ever heard after the gold rush and it got like this like nostalgia wave i was on my very first tour with my very first band and woke up that morning in like a host house some people had put us up like outside of dc and they were already at work and we were making coffee and they had this album on the turntable so i went over to it and just played it and it just sat in a stranger's house and drank coffee and listened to it and I hadn't thought about that in like 20 years and it all came back and, and I like this album a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like one of those albums that's like an early morning or you just relax in the afternoon after day's work or something. Mm-hmm. It has that very like, or even like a late night feel. Oh yeah. It's, it's not party rock. <laughs> no. It's definitely the Neil Young somber when you're just putting it on to, to relax or, or, or whatever. I put this one on as well as Harvest a lot. 
Those I are, sometimes get forget which songs are on I which. Do too. I, those albums <laughs> occupy like, the same space in my brain sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes I think that they're just yeah the same album. Like this time, I go. I was listening to this, and don't let it bring you. Don't let it bring you down. Came on, and the first line of it is uh, like "old man laying by the side of the road," yeah. and I was like. Oh shit! Sure, I forgot old man's on this album, <laughs> and, and it's not. You know, <laughs> that's on Harvest. Different, yeah. different song. Yeah, old man laying by the side of the road. <laughs> Take a look at my life. <laughs> old man laying by the side of the road. I'm a lot like you. <laughs> yeah, I really thought it was gonna it was gonna break into it. I kept waiting yeah, for it right? to happen. And I was like, oh, this is a totally different song. Like this must be the pre-chorus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and is it after the Gold Rush that kind of is running the same chords as Cinnamon Girl? A it, bit. He I uses a lot so, of yeah. the same chords. Like he's a very, very heavy on the G D A. You know. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Just, I mean, I know it's not. We're gonna cover it like in an album or two, but like, look at Helpless. It's just those same three chords. Yeah. The whole song. Yeah. You know. That's it. I think both of you mentioned how. It kind of fits in certain contexts. Yeah. Like, you like it more in certain contexts. So I listened to this... I, I've listened to this album a, a whole bunch, because, I like Ben, I'm a, I'm a big Neil Young fan. Especially, you're camping. It's 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 hard to beat this in terms of camping music. That's true. It's a very country feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's this real laid back. It's a good late night type album. But I listened to it a couple of times over the past few weeks, both in sort of, like, high-energy context, where I'm in the middle of doing a whole lot of different stuff. And I just kept forgetting I was listening to it the whole time because it is so monotonous. Like, it, it really is, like, the album feels almost the exact same from the beginning all the way to the end, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It does kind of live really in a good. niche. It's that bit. 70s rock sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 70s rock somehow, it, it was kind of that just, like, they figured out how to, you know, take down the the harshness of the the like 60s psychedelic into a mellower kind of cohesive sound that just spanned across each song i feel like and i bet the, this would be a good like hangover album yeah absolutely. you know like, it's, like it just kind of puts you in in that it just it it just rides in that niche a little bit and it's a kind of a comfy comfy niche to be in yeah well it's weird it's almost like forgettable but in like the best possible way like in the sense that like I think it's hard to take a song, there might be a few exceptions to that, but it's hard to like pull a song out of this album as just like, just huge standouts. It's it's really like, it's a, kind of a collective type thing. How about thing like, like Southern Man? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like you could do a few of them like that, but like, I think it's an album that just works best as a whole. And it's one of those ones you do like, like if I was to, so, sometimes with an album, I'll pick it up and I want to start on a certain song. This is an album where I would pick it up and I just start at the beginning. And I feel pretty consistent about this one, like, all the way through. Whereas, like, another album we'll discuss later, I wouldn't do that. I would pick one and kind of, like, pick and choose as I go through it. Yeah, I can see that. This one does have pretty good sequencing. And he's yeah, very good at sequencing. Yeah. All I feel like every album he's done, especially at the end, like you were saying, the end of side one is Till the Morning Comes. And then at the very end is just kind of a fun Cripple Creek fairy. Yeah. It's like he and he did that before in the in the previous album where it's sort of like these almost like one-off songs are kind of at the end so it, it feels very natural and then where it starts uh, each side is like a very good opener. Speaking of the opener for side two, 
So that's a cover of the Don Gibson song, All Lonesome Me, like oh. an old 50s country song, which I know. I know that song. Proud I know that you. Don Gibson song, <laughs> but it wasn't until earlier today that I realized that both of those are the same song. Like, the treatment of the song is so different. Because I was reading the Wikipedia page today, and I had always just assumed that Oh Lonesome Me on After the Gold Rush is was written by Neil Young. It sounds like a Neil Young song. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's Don Gibson? And then, so then I Googled that. I'm like, what does the Don Gibson version of it sound like? And I clicked. I'm like, oh, I know this song. I just didn't know it was the same song. It's like more of like an up-tempo honky-tonk number when Don Gibson does it, you know? Everybody's going out and having fun. I'm a fool for staying home and having none. I can't get Have a question. It might be a little naive, but we kind of described this as generally kind of relaxing. We were like late night. Like I was talking about yeah. like camping. I never really looked at the lyrics of this album. Like, uh, did yeah. they correspond? They're dark, with, dude. That's kind of what I figured. Sometimes, sometimes they like. For example, uh, I believe in you. Uh, track ten. You always hear like the chorus. I believe in you. I believe in you. And it wasn't until, like, earlier this week that I'd read the lyrics to see, like, the lyrics that lead up to I Believe in You. He doesn't believe in her. No. <laughs> no. No, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these, a lot of the lyrics are sort of about, like, heartbreak or, uh, you know, not, not always his heartbreak, like, breaking other people's hearts. It's a lot of just different sort of, like, lovelorn mm-hmm. styles of, of him, like, being in relationships and things like that. And then you have Southern Man, which is about racism in the South. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody wants to talk more about uh, Southern Man, but I found it fascinating. I like, totally rocking song, too. It is. And I like the little like back and forth that uh, that Neil Young and like members of, uh, of Skinner had. Uh, like from this song starts it, then they had their response song with, uh, uh, well, this song and then Alabama. Right. And then uh, Skinner had Sweet Home Alabama, where they name check Neil Young. But they actually like Neil Young liked Skinner songs. Skinner liked Neil Young songs. Neil Young would wear Skinner T-shirts on stage, and they would wear Neil Young shirts on stage. Like I, I like that just whole. They were able to have a civilized discussion about things they agreed upon, and it always stayed friendly. And monopolize on it. And monopolize on it. They made tons of money off of the songs that disagreed with each other on... on, It's it's the original uh, Biggie versus Tupac. (laughs) Except no one got shot. They both bring up... like Neil Young brings up absolutely good points with Southern Man and with Alabama. It's definitely 
uh, like situations that needed to be like talked about. And then Skinner also has a, a good critique on that Neil Young is really painting with a broad brush when he just talks about the entire southern half of the United States. Well, Neil Young had recently seen Easy Rider, so he knows exactly what he's talking about, <laughs> man. So it's just Neil Young and that multi-instrumentalist 17-year-old on Crazy no. Horse is there, too. No. I mean, they do have, have uh, yeah, some of the other Crazy Horse members, but he... He recorded some of these that he did later did acoustic with Crazy Horse, and he decided that's that's not the direction to go. And I, I think he just wanted to, you know, make it a little more sparse, not be the sort of rocking that we had with the last uh, album. But all the all the things I'm hearing that are supposed to be Neil Young solos are in fact Neil Young solos. Oh, the, he uh, has yeah. some Neil Young solos. Okay, he'll, he'll, he'll be the one tell. playing guitar. <laughs> Because yeah. Southern Man, the uh, the the solo, which is just off triplets, <laughs> that he mm-hmm. keeps switching back and forth between on and off on the uh, the three against two, just crunchy I, crunchy triplets. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, C S and N. Uh, uh, I have some guest vocals on this record because, of course, they do. I think. Uh, tell me why. I think they all come in on the chorus. Yeah, Stephen Stills was uh, definitely. And here, I can't... No, it doesn't say that Graham Nash was here. Oh, was it just Stills? Yeah. Oh. So, Buffalo Springfield members only? Yeah, exactly. That scene is so incestuous, I think you, you lose track of it. I think it's so strange that, you know, they all were in this super group, and super group did really well, and then every one of their other al- you know albums that came around out the same year or close to also did very well. Well, and what a promotion too. They're, they're all in the book. Yeah, so every like, single one of the so Crosby Stills Nash and Young Deja Vu came out in March. And I was just looking at the release dates. Uh this one after the Gold Rush was August. I think Stephen Stills by Stephen Stills was November. I don't know the dates for uh Crosby or Nash. But seriously though, what a good promotional tool because the follow up to the to Crosby Stills and Nash now with Neil Young is going to at least catch people's attention. Right. And then there's solid hits on it. So it's selling units and then every member of like, "Oh, you you guys like this? Well, we got four more for you." Yeah, Wu-Tang, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Wu-Tang. Kill the bees. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I was trying to think of another like super group that then had you know, equally sort of like hot selling albums. That's a very good one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was weird the the s- solos or not solos, the singles for this were uh, Only Love Can Break Your Heart, which I kinda get, and then When You Can When You Dance, when you dance I Can Really Love You, which I felt wasn't hmm. the strongest song. I wouldn't have picked the what how about Southern Man? I thought about that too, but I thought maybe it's too controversial uh, to get played on maybe country radio stations or something like that. I don't know. Well, then how about Don't Let It Bring You Down? Or After the Gold Rush. Or After the Gold Rush. Yeah, it's strange choices. Yeah, Don't Bring You Down kind of made sense to shy away from because it is a downer of a song. Not that I don't love the song. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we've talked about Neil Young kind of being like proto-proto grunge. And even oh, on yeah. even on a country record like this, the subject matter, the delivery, the tone of the instruments, the recording style, like it's still grungy. Hmm. You know, it's it... pretty. It's soft and it's pretty. Yeah. But it's got those 
rough, rougher, honest edges, you know, and, and just kind of just the, the, the attitude of the subject matter and the delivery of it, you know? Yeah. This uh, don't, don't let it bring you down. Sounds like the, it's sort of like a dropped, it's like a detuning or something like that. So that he's almost playing like an open, it just sounds lower than normal, which was what a lot of the grunge bands did mm-hmm. is that they tuned down a half step or a whole step. I think there, there were some non-standard tunings yeah. on this album. Yeah. Just I've, some interesting stuff. I've never thought of this as proto grunge. It's really fascinating to well, think about. Not so much this album, like especially Neil he Young himself. As himself. But even thinking through this album, you kind of like mm-hmm. once you start thinking about that, like how close in time are we? What like what's the day of this album again? This is nineteen seventy. Wow. So like twenty, yeah. twenty one, twenty two years, years yeah. twenty one years. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild to think about. Yeah. I mean, geographically, it's kind of interesting too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let it bring you down is a very good song. I I think this is uh one of the the better. Better tracks. Even yeah. though it never went into the chorus of Old Man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time until I realized I was wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I just I always thought it was just gonna eventually switch into like a third gear, you know? <laughs> we can we can do that mashup if you want, dude. We could. It would be very easy. Yes. <laughs> Literally the same song. Young is a Canadian, but at this point, isn't he? He's living in the states, right? He's not commuting, right? Oh, I think the Canucks. So would I, this be a Canadian album? I think the Canadians hold on to anybody who does well outside. I sure. think that they still think Michael J. Fox yeah. is a uh, is a Canadian, and oh, uh, uh, Alan Thicke still belongs to them. I think it's a Michael Myers, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a question of do they claim him or does he claim them? Well, he was born there. I think right. he. But like, is he? You know. Is he a Canadian musician? Well, I believe you'd have to ask his passport. I, I think, think uh, be... they still they still say Canada's Tom Green. Uh, oh wow! When yeah. referring to him, <laughs> they still want to claim him, huh? Yeah. Why not? Okay, the man's a he's a legend. I think he'd be considered a West Coast uh, country rock singer. Well, yes, we we all we all Legally, know this, but uh, Canada. but Canada, we're, we'll, we'll we'll give you this one. You you, you got you deserve. Okay, you know, yeah, good deal. <laughs> What do you think of that uh, album as a whole, Ben? I like this album as a whole. <laughs> I've really got nothing bad to say about it as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, I'm going to say I'm total positive on this. Again, this is one I I regularly put on, and it's, yeah, it's 
great for almost everything except maybe exercising. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice warm down. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. It's a great for a hangover. Shavasana. Or, Take yeah, a nap. warm down. <laughs> Wait, is warm down a thing? Can you warm down? Yeah. Oh yeah. You can warm you up. Warm you can cool down. down. You gotta warm down. Warm down. Yeah. Cool up. If I don't. Not, you never cooled up. If you're not warm, <laughs> never cooled up. <laughs> you're not warming down, man. Is that like when you start out freezing and you you get to cool? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or if I'm running hot, you know, I, I warm down to two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else I could say about this album. It's an amazing album. Maybe the only uh, qualm I had was when you dance, I can really love, but I still don't dislike the song it's just kind of a one that i'm just not as fond of as as the other ones what do you think rob um yeah absolute positive it's incredible how much that how the the output that neil young had from the former record to this and then to harvest and then also with crosby stills nash and young at the same fucking time like he was a uh, he was doing a, a good good job. So yeah, t- total positive. If I found this a clean version of this for upwards of ten American dollars, I would pick it up Ooh. on vinyl. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm 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 positive too on it. I think what I like about it is it is an album where you can just sit back, enjoy it. It, it can be in the background, but if you feel like digging in, you can do that too, and it's rewarding. And there, I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of value in that. That's a really good point. I never really thought of it that way. You can casually listen to it, and it's rewarding, or you can dig in, and it's still rewarding. And what I'm thinking about more now than ever is, like, as, like, the the, the proto-grunge thing. <laughs> really it's gonna fuck you Messing up. with my brain. Because I was, like, I started to look through, like, the song titles. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, that kind of resonates. Yeah. It's wild. It's pretty awesome when uh, an artist makes art and then you can enjoy the art <laughs> because it's good on multiple levels. Yeah. Hooray. Awesome. Next time we'll be talking about Led Zeppelin 3. All right. Thanks, y'all. Well, I dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the tree. There was a fanfare blowing to the sun that was floating on the on the run in the 1970s.